Welcome to the Victor Frankel Meaning Academy. We are your hosts of the Meaning Academy podcast, Dr. Daniel Franz and Dr. Baruch Halevi. In this podcast, we explore the insights and inspiration of Dr. Victor Frankel and all things meaning, purpose, and resilience. Thanks for joining us. And now let's begin our search for meaning. Hello and welcome back to the Meaning Academy podcast, podcast number three with Rabbi B and I under the auspicious name of the Meaning Academy. Uh, soon, hopefully, ideally, we'll have some more of our compatriots in the Meaning Academy endeavor. Uh, meeting, uh, meaning mastermind number three coming up tomorrow. I hope people that uh, catch this. We'll be able to be there, although by the time we release this, we might be on four or five. Who knows? The cool thing, B, is we got a lot of good stuff going on at the Meaning Academy. Yes, we do, my friend. And if anybody's interested in the Meaning Masterminds, Thursdays at noon Pacific, 3 o'clock East. You can fill in the blank in the middle. And it's every Thursday. It's on Zoom. If you're interested, jump over to TheMeaningAcademy.com. Pretty easy to find your way to the Meaning Mastermind page where you can just put in your email, be on our list for our community, and in response, you'll get back the Zoom link. And as I've been telling people right now, for these next, well, who knows, undisclosed amount of time, Meaning Masterminds are by invitation as uh, as B and I work out the kinks and the bugs and really just deal with our own self-esteem issues before we put this out to the general public and invite everybody. I think I think we've got to feel more secure in, in our stylists and in our, um, you know, how they're dressing us and, and doing our makeup and hair before we release this to to the world in general. Um, but that, I, the, hair, the hair plugs are looking good, my friend. They're, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, nice. it's, yeah. Uh, as you can see by the window, um, I put a fresh shine on that this morning. So uh, definitely some glisten. As you can see, not the usual place that I record our Media Academy podcast, but in the Dr. Dan clinical and coaching offices. So you can have a look around here at these gorgeous concrete brick walls. And, uh, We're going to be doing some work on the aesthetic value of the <laughs> backdrop for the Dr. Dan <laughs> Meaning Academy. There we go. So anyways, let's jump into our show, our conversation, which um, for anybody who's listening, always revolves around, of course, Victor Frankel, Man's Search for Meaning. And we thought we'd twist it a little bit today, going a bit of a different direction, because his in his famous book, his most famous book, he has 40 some other books, uh, but one be, went sort of viral, and that was Man's Search for Meaning. The challenge is, is that quote or that title isn't exactly descriptive of the journey that you are making because nobody goes, first of all, you may not be a man. And that was his language, his time. So even if you want to call it a person's search for journey, there is no or meaning. There is no such thing. There's no such thing as um, meaning in this lifetime. Dan, how could I say such blasphemy? Blasphemy. There is no such thing as meaning. What hypocrisy. First of all, as you did point out, though. Uh, his, his viral book, Man's Search for Meaning, uh, we, we do recognize that. That's the most popular one out there in the past uh, 80 years since its original publishing. But B, let me ask you a question for the, for the fans out there, for the audience. If you were to have, if you were forced to choose 
a second favorite book by the good Dr. Frankel, what would it be? Well, that's a good question. I, with all due respect to Dr. Frankel, I don't think there's a close second for your average sort of interested lay person. Um, I do like uh, the one behind me here. Little prop, mm. say yes to life, or just yes to life in spite of everything. Of However, it's not, it wasn't written as a book, it was written as lectures. And so when you're reading it, it doesn't have the flow of man's search for meaning. I do think it's really better experienced on an audiobook because it was a lecture that he gave in 1946. It's one of the reasons why I love it, because he went around giving this lecture in 1946, and the the sheer defiant spirit to be able to do that out of the Holocaust is just amazing to me. So I'd say if you're going to have one that you're going to go to next, it's probably going to be this one, maybe as an audiobook. Um, and, and I, I would my, I, thank you for turning me on to the audiobook. I started reading the book, Yes to Life, and couldn't do it. To just it, it read difficult in the initial stages. Uh, got through the audio, and now I have to go back. I'm like, man, I really have to highlight some of those passages that you know I caught through through the reading of it. Outstanding audible version. Yeah, so I think that um, the challenge is is his ideas are tremendous. His to Dr. Frankel's credit, English wasn't his first language, mm -hmm. right? Some of these books were translated. Some of them are lost in translation. And so, um, you know, the man was a pioneer, but I think what has to happen next in our culture is to evolve these in the 21st century. First of all, he didn't live in the 21st century. And second of all, to translate his ideas into layman's terms and into our modern life, which I think mm -hmm. is what we are attempting to do. I would say that's exactly what the Meaning Academy is intending to do and, and will be doing prolifically in the next few months and and years and on into the future. I have to share my favorite other uh, book is, is what's largely considered to be his magnum opus. Most people have heard me say this before, but The Doctor and the Soul is truly my favorite, so much so I, I keep copies around, give them to all my fanboy experiences. I actually handed one to uh, not Dr. Jordan P. B. Peterson himself, but his wife Tammy took a, a copy from me. I said, please pass this on. I'm sure he's already read it, but... Um, Truly, and talk about one that's not really written in layman's terms. There's some great stuff in there, but that is one as we continue to evolve the Meaning Academy, I hope to continue to share more and more from. But today we are to talk about us. Oh, go ahead. You got something. Big thought um, coming there. Yeah, I just I just agree with you. I think that's my favorite book, even beyond Man's Search Meaning. But again, I distinguish between sort of a layman's yeah. beach read. I mean, not the Man's Search for Meaning is a beach read, but people can take it on an airplane. I'm not sure you're going to take um, Doctor in the Soul if you're just sort of looking for a cursory, big picture, inspirational read. Well, as as we've been calling ourselves uh, in other meetings, us logo nerds. Um, yeah, I keep a copy on me everywhere I go because it's just that darn good. And, and most of my copies are highlighted in a variety of different ways. Well, just for the record, you do have elbow pads on your sport coats. So. I do, be, because what distinguishes a psychologist from anybody else, it's a corduroy jacket and uh, elbow patches on that jacket. But uh, it's about time to turn this one in for the winter and pull out the summer jacket. So I figured I would... I would share with the audience just the uh, the true logo therapist jacket. Hey, what are we talking about here? Why? Uh... Okay, so so why are we talking about this? Because we are modifying the text with the utmost humility, mm -hmm. or the uh, the title to 
your search for meaning. It's not a man's search. It's not a woman's search. It's not a human search. It's not somebody else's search. It's your search, which is why our first official program we're going to be offering at the Meaning Academy will be called Your Search for Meaning. Correct. Outside of the Meaning Masterminds that you can join here soon in the future, we do. We will have a curriculum. We will have a course that we want people to jump in to discover, as B said, your search for meaning. It is a the search for meaning. Um, uh, man's search for meaning, great book, but your search for meaning is something that is deeply personal. And I think that is one of the things the book hits on. And it, it is in, his entire collection of works really brings that to each one of us is unique and special in our own way. And we have a task that we were put on this earth to carry out. And that task is to search and discover meaning, not make meaning. And we're going to definitely define that. Not We're not making meaning. Meaning is there to be discovered. But in order to discover it, you have to search for it in your unique and in individual way. Well, I love the um, the shock value of saying to somebody, "There is, you know, Dr. Frankel would have said, and I agree with this: there is no meaning in life. Mm-hmm. There's no meaning. How can you say this? Logos means meaning. You're meaning-centered therapists and philosophers and guides. What do you mean there's no meaning? And the point is, is there are abstractions are meaningless." right at the abstract maybe there is an ultimate meaning of all of our lives but that's beyond my ability to understand it's beyond yours it's it's up to the good lords not not me to understand that what there is what dr frankel taught and what we continue to promote is there's your meaning of your life Mm -hmm. and that is a very different statement than there is meaning in life I have to go back to the irony that you appreciate shock value. My friend who wants to start a podcast with, why haven't you committed suicide? Um, (laughs) And for those of you that haven't heard that, go back to the Meaning Academy podcast number two, I believe it is, where we talk about, no, maybe it's number one. We talk about Dr. Frankel's most difficult question. Why haven't you committed suicide yet? Um, For the the record, I never say it like a challenge. (laughs) But I think we we hear I, I can hear that in Dr. Frankel's voice from some of the uh, the videos I watched. He he definitely does. So um, you know, just back to this idea of your search for your meaning, and I do believe that resonates on many levels for me and the people that I guide. And partially that's because at the end of the day, well, somebody once showed me a study that said, what's the most appreciated or beloved word in your vernacular, in your language? So if you speak English, English, or Spanish, Spanish, and that is your name. Mm-hmm. Um, people like to hear their name. Marketing knows this. Dale Carnegie knew this. That's why he said you should use people's names over and over. People like to hear their name. Why? Because at the end of the day, We see the world through our lens and it's about our search. It's about our personal, you know, how does it impact me? And so the search for meaning, it's a great starting point, but it has to sooner or later become your, Dan's particular search for Dan's particular meaning. Absolutely. Nobody can do it for you. 
And as you heard us say before, we live in a world that tries to take ownership of your choices and, and your beliefs and your responsibility and tells you that, hey, if you don't you don't want to do these things, we've got something for you. We've got a pill for you. We can take care of that for you. We can make you feel happy, sad, mad, glad. But in the end, what we at the Meaning Academy believe, and, and I think this resonates with most of you out there, what we're missing is that individual unique search for meaning and, and the guidance to be able to do it. As we've talked about recently, we don't want a tensionless state. We need to feel that, that existential tension, that neurodynamic tension of where we are now, who we are in this very moment, listening to this podcast and who we are, who we should be, who we need to be, who we want to be, who we're destined to be. And that is the search for meaning, your individual search for meaning. So Dan, then what good are you? Because you're wearing that fancy logo philosopher, logo therapist jacket. I'm going to come to your office. I'm going to engage you in some personal counseling, coaching around logo therapy. But you're telling me that ultimately you can't help me. That's correct, B. And depending on who you ask, I can be worth nothing uh, in my own home or worth a lot in this here office, right? It depends. It, it, it's all uh, it's all unique and individual. No. So what the heck do you do if I'm going to you know, engage you, pay you, have you lead me? How are you leading me if it's my search? Absolutely. I'm going to share with you uh, the 25 years of experience leading other people in my, my reading of logotherapy and all the research and insight I've done. But in the end, right, I'm going to share ideas and tips and make suggestions. But in the end, it's got to be your path. And I think that's the value of a true logotherapist or a good counselor, psychologist, mentor, or the Meaning Academy curriculum is that it guides you in ways to create your own plan to discover meaning. I'll tell you this, I'll, I'll answer the converse of that. And, and largely because I've been hearing this a lot lately. Um, I was telling a, a, another psychotherapist in the office, I actually, I actually yelled, uh, yelled in session yesterday. And he goes, wait, you don't do that every session? I said, not most, not unless I'm at home. But I, I was so offended by what somebody, and I don't get offended often or easy, but I was so offended by what another therapist was telling somebody um, that seemed to be direct. You need to do this. Do this, and your life's going to be great. Your life's going to be perfect. And that's not the role of a logotherapist or a logo philosopher or a really good mentor. Somebody that's really trying to guide you is going to say, here's, here's what works for others, here's what's worked in the past, here's what's worked for me, here's what's worked for Dr. Frankel. But in the end, you have to design and discover your, you design your own path and discover your own meaning. Now, I would distinguish that from Freudian, you know, the caricature of the Freudian psychoanalysis, guys laying or persons laying on a couch and you're behind them checking <laughs> face but they're facing away so you know you're you're not seen you're supposedly taking notes but i always it looks like they're just playing on their iphone or whatever they're doing um so that's you know that's completely non-directive i i would challenge and say that i do believe logotherapy is directive towards the horizon you just have to find your path to get there but the horizon is, I feel like we are challenged. Life has meaning. 
right? That's not up for, I mean, you can decide for yourself, but my job in life is to be a logo preacher in some ways and to remind people that in the depths of darkness, there is meaning. I just can't tell you what yours is mm -hmm. and I can't tell you how to get there, but I can hold your hand and remind you that there is a thing called meaning. Would you agree with that statement? Absolutely. Even under the most miserable circumstances, life has meaning, right? That's direct from Dr. Frankel. But I've seen that in my in my professional life and in my personal life for, for decades, right? Um, Dr. Frankel embodies that with, you know, being able to discover meaning in three years of the concentration camps of World War II, right? If he can find meaning in some of the worst conditions in human history, surely we can. I know in my professional life, I see that in working with uh, a gentleman with substance abuse problems, right? People who've truly been through modern versions of hell, um, coming back to discover meaning in their family, in their jobs, in their careers, in their own lives. I cannot, I cannot give that to them, but I can help them search for it. I can help guide them down that path. And challenge, right? I can challenge and I mm -hmm. want to be look, I want to be challenged by my guide, by the person who's walking alongside me or my companion. Maybe that's a better word, right? To companion somebody on the journey. I can support you. I can challenge you. I can comfort you. I just can't do the work for you. But it doesn't mean I'm not um inserting my experience and my opinion into the conversation because that to me is the difference between standing behind the couch and just listening versus walking by your side and sharing yes i i think that uh, walking by your side is quite a uh, a, a poetic uh, definition B, and I would expect that from you. Me, I prefer more of a uh, uh, mythological or hero's journey, right? I picture that mentor, um, my favorite description, right? Luke Skywalker, Empire Strikes Back, his mentor Yoda, where is he B? He's on his back, yelling things at him, saying, you know, Luke Skywalker carries his mentor around with him to be challenged, right? Your mentor should be challenging you. He should be, or she, should be a weight that you carry that is on your conscious saying, wow, I really need to be doing those things that my logotherapist, logo philosopher, mentor Yoda suggested that I do, pushing me to always seek more, always seek meaning, always seek to discover the meaning of the moment that we have choices every moment, um, but also our ultimate meaning in our days and weeks and in our life. But there's a humility to that, too. Um, you know, that's why I distinguish myself from Yoda. Yoda was, by the way, the Hebrew word for knowing is Yodea, right? So there's a lot of play Stop in these. It. There's a you lot of play in these things. And, you know, um, it goes on and on. You know, just as an aside, we'll geek out. Let's do one just geeking out on sci-fi because. So Yoda was a rabbi. I don't know. I think he was more of a Kabbalist, a mystic, non-denominational, like on a mountaintop somewhere or in a swamp somewhere. Um, but I think, you know, like as an aside, we're going to let's make a note to do an entire geeking out thing on sci-fi because um, there's these, but they're ancient myths, they're truths, they transcend. And my point was, is that I see myself as walking by somebody's side. There's another Kabbalistic tale. Let me just share it real quickly. Somebody's lost in the woods. 
they're becoming desperate. If you've ever been lost in the woods, it's a really terrifying thing. Like you get turned around. I mean, I've done this a couple of times. I didn't have cell phone coverage and I was just a little arrogant and you start panicking. You start like running almost in different directions. Anyways, in this mystical tale, there's this lost person and he finally runs into a, you know, a, a fellow traveler. And he says to the fellow traveler, which way do I go? I'm lost. I'm terrified. And he says, I don't know. All I can tell you is don't go that way. Mm-hmm. Right. And I just came from that way. There's nothing there. Mm-hmm. And so they walk in a new direction together. And I just feel like if, if I'm going to really describe the journey of logotherapy, of companioning somebody, being a logo companion, you have a new term. Ooh. Um that that's what really what we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. We're saying, you know, like, don't go that way of victimhood. I've been that way. I literally personally have gone that way. We all have gone that way. So that way doesn't work. There is no meaning in that way. But this way or that way, now you got to choose. So let's get into that. Because at the end of the day, you do have to choose. I can't tell you to go that way. I can suggest don't go this way or suggest go that way. But at the end of the day, you, Dan, have to choose. Why? Why do you have to choose? Why can't I tell you? Because it would be so damn easy. And I think we'd be a lot more popular if we could like say, here are the seven things you have to do. And on the eighth one, you'll find meaning. Yeah. Well, I think there are many books that do that, that people read and then throw away and forget. Um, why? Why do we have to do that? B, B is if I did the, did it your way, it's your meaning. Come on, man. I can't live your life. I can only have your hairstyle, but I cannot live your life, right? And you can't live my life for me because that would be irresponsible. And part of discovering meaning is taking responsible action. We have the ability to respond and we must discern our own path for ourselves, but in community, in communion with other people, other meaning seekers, our guides, our mentors, those who aren't as far along as we are, that allows us opportunities for meaning, but it also means it is our unique path. You can't tell me what to do. My wife can barely tell me what to That's wrong. She can always tell me what to do. But in the end, it is my choice to do what is meaningful or to go in a different direction. And that's the power, you know, that's the, in my opinion, the thesis of Dr. Frankel's work in logotherapy, Mm -hmm. which is, um, you know, when you end up in your concentration camp, and as Frankel said, we all have a personal concentration camp. It's no joke. You feel powerless. You're in the, you're that person in the woods. It's Mm -hmm. just happens to be you're in your home or you're in your office or you're in your relationship and it feels that lost panic, terror, I don't know which way to go. I'm a victim. I'm lost. I, I, I'm powerless. And, and so your search brings it back to your power. And you always have the power to choose your response to your circumstances. You don't control the, the woods, the marriage, the profession, the situation. Your power is in your ability to choose. And that's why you know we constantly bring it back to your, 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 because it's not mine. It's yours. Absolutely. You have to seek and therefore discover meaning in each moment and each decision you make throughout the day. And as, as I like to talk about there, you know, Dr. Frankel and, and, and other logo philosophers and therapists tell us there are three primary ways to do that. Our creative values, our experiential values and our attitudinal values by what we give to life, what we take from life 
and how we choose to deal with insurmountable suffering, suffering that we cannot control, and then how we choose to deal with suffering that might we might have the ability to impact. So we've really nailed down your and making the case for, you know, this is your. Now let's let's move on to search because it's the word isn't make, right? And in search, you know, I think is interchangeable for discovery. You have to go on a journey into right all heroes journeys involve leaving home mm-hmm. and you have to go into whatever that unknown is so it isn't like you're just sitting around concocting a meaning there's an active participant it's like a first person you know video game right you have to go into it and be in the role and go on a search why because meaning exists to be discovered, we have to actively seek it. It's p- part of finding, discovering meaning is, is the search, is the journey. It is not something we create by sitting and meditating and conjuring it, but it's something that we have to seek out in the world. And the means, the process, the search is as valuable, right, as the mm-hmm. outcome of that. I just, I, I'm, this is a little shameless plug, but I just started doing Enneagrams, uh, merging them with the Genogram. You're familiar with the Genogram? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Our, our listeners might not be. It's a family tree on more than just, you know, names. It's the emotional qualities of the family tree. It's trauma. It's gifts. I mean, you can turn a genogram and anything, but it's just going deeper into that family history. And so I've been working with people to do the Enneagram family tree and understand where they came from. And people will say to me, but my grandmother's dead. How do I, do I give her a posthumous Enneagram test? Like, how does that work? And no, what we do is we talk about your grandmother or your father or your great grandfather. We talk about them and we explore and we start to, and then I can work with you in finding out the right Enneagram type. And then we have this picture, but the process has been so meaningful as opposed to, I'm just going to buy an Enneagram test, right. right? Which you can't do for somebody who's dead. But even if you could, the process and getting into it, and that's the genogram. And that's what you do with your clients, right? Is go through the process of understanding. That's the search. Absolutely. It's interesting. I, I just had a similar situation yesterday happen after working with this indigi- individual for over a year. Uh, they finally came to understand the process by which they arrived at particular behavior that uh, may get may not always be certain, may not be meaningful, may not serve them well. And it really came back to, wow, here's how my parents operated and how they behaved. And if I went back even further, I can see the relationships between grandma and grandpa and how he actually, <laughs> this individual actually brought a picture of of grandpa and i was like oh my goodness that is one hard and crusty old dude eye patch you could almost hear <laughs> seriously you could almost hear him growling at you through this black and white i don't know 60 year old picture and then from that we were able to extrapolate okay maybe this is how you get these ideas and values what do you how do you want to choose differently so maybe we just added a fourth way to discover meaning and that's by understanding your family of origin, understanding your history, engaging in a genogram. I think that also goes to understanding yourself. That's why we promote the Enneagram and the MBTI so much. By going deeper into our self-understanding, right, we can choose 
more creatively, more experientially, and we can definitely adapt our values. And again, it's yours because this is your family. I even did it and, you know, I'm sharing it with my kids, but as I was doing it, because I created my own with my my immediate family, my kids, my wife, my parents, et cetera. And I handed it to them because they're into the Enneagram. They liked it. Um, but it's not theirs because their family consists of my wife's side of the family, which isn't my side of the family. God love them. And um, so your search is yours and yours alone. And even with your siblings, because my sister's relationship with my father was very different than mine. So even if we have the same technical family history, we don't because her experience is her own. And so it's yours. It's your search. It doesn't just happen. You got to dig in the dirt, mm -hmm. right? Buying the, the logotherapist or the psychotherapist or the healer or the coach or the system, you know, seven steps to having your abs, better abs, whatever it is. It, the, the, Dan and I haven't bought that video. Um, <laughs> but the bottom line is the search, not the product, not the outcome is the journey. And that's where meaning is P is to be discovered, right? So, so then coming back to why in the world would seekers of meaning need people like us? Why in the world are you and I busting our tails day in and day out every week to create this meaning academy? If it's my individual search, can't I just go do it by myself? Why do I need the meaning academy? So I do not believe all people or systems or cultures or pathways are equal. I do believe that some are better or certainly more conducive to particular things. For instance, I, um, I practice Buddhist mindfulness meditation practice. Even though like I'm a rabbi by training, I'm a Jew by birth, it's still my default, my soil out of which I've come from. Judaism really has not done mindfulness meditation practice well. Um, we do a lot of things well, but that's not it. So I borrow right? I, I, I utilize the system of the Buddha, which is second to none in my experience of clearing my head, getting into that quiet, non-attachment place. When I want movement, I don't, you know, dance the hora. I go to yoga. Mm -hmm. Yoga is a movement practice that I haven't found a close second. And so system, not all systems are equal and not, nor should they be. And I do believe that this system of logotherapy is prime, is conducive, is constructive, like none other, if you're on a search for meaning. I have wonderful things to say about positive psychology and, and Jungian psychotherapy, and they have their place. But if you're on a proactive search for your purpose, your meaning, there is not a close second in my humble experience. And the reason B and I and our cohort are putting together the meaning academy as we were just talking before we hit the record button um people out there know of dr frankel and and the search for meaning right we had two of our favorite podcasters tim ferris and seth godin are out there talking about it going and what do they say be man we just don't know enough about this we know it's important we know it's meaningful we don't know enough about it and that's why 
Well, that's why we keep putting it out there into the world, man, because I feel like I don't know about you, but I sure have dedicated a lot of hours to knowing this stuff pretty in depth and not just Dr. Frankel, but Dr. Lucas and Fabry and, and all, you know, McLaughlin, Graber, all of these other people that have furthered Dr. Frankel's work. So one of the things on that podcast, Seth Godin said to Tim Ferriss is um, most people like myself, speaking of Seth Godin, read the first third or two thirds, whatever it is. And then they stop at logotherapy in a nutshell and they check out that that's what that it was almost a quote of Seth Godin's. And that's exactly why we have formed the Victor Frankel Meaning Academy, because it isn't that that logotherapy in a nutshell isn't interesting or meaningful. It's just not quite enough with all due respect to Dr. Frankel. It needs to be taken to the next level of both modernized applicable applicable, made applicable to our modern life, explained, expanded upon, um, continued on. And that's, I think, where, you know, we're not even qualifying or questioning the first half of the book. We're picking up on the second half of the book and running with it. Well, and I think in a world where so many people desire, I don't know if they desire, where, where the idea of self-help is a multi-billion dollar industry that would suggest people are desiring ways to grow and improve and, and evolve in positive and meaningful ways. Um, again, all due respect to Dr. Frankel, uh, the story, you know, the, the first two thirds, you know, uh, the stories of the concentration camps are not, not helpful. It's not self-help. It's in some ways, horrifying and depressing to know what this man went through. There, he does an amazing job pulling meaningful moments out of it. But if you truly want self-help, logotherapy in a nutshell, uh, the the final few pages, the case for tragic optimism, that's where the self-help is. But it is written in such an older style, um, it's really hard to engage it. It's, it's certainly more of an academic style. It's got some great anecdotes and case stories in it, but um, it is difficult to engage that. So. Even though it is your search for meaning, sometimes it helps to have a logo interpreter. And coming back to your question of, well, you know, like, why are we doing this Meaning Academy? And really, what's sort of the driver? Yes, it's your search, but we are not human beings. Our human beings are not built to be alone. We're here to be in tribes and communities in support of one another on the journey. So I can't make your journey for you and you can't make mine for me. But to walk side by side in a tribe of meaning seekers, right, that absolutely has to happen. If you want to A, sustain it, B, transcend yourself, because that's at the heart of this. It can't just be about you. It's got to be about something bigger than you. And to be a part of something bigger than you, you got to have causes and people by your side. Absolutely. I was I was so close to, to getting a pre-cringe on B. I thought you were going to go with my favorite cringeworthy statement. We are not human beings. We are human doings. We need to be doing things. And doing it in community holds us accountable. Doing these things, taking responsibility, taking action. Well, sometimes when we don't know, as you're person lost in the woods, didn't know which way to go, which action to take. One of my favorite stories from Dr. Frankel, um, when he's uh, considering logotherapy, talks about the chess master and the chess student coming to the chess master and saying, master, what is the perfect chess move? And the master says, well, I don't know. It depends on where you are and what you're doing. There is no perfect chess move. It's always a, a choice to be made. 
and trying to assess what what the future moves of chess master can predict 70 moves ahead i can barely predict five minutes into my own life but to have somebody with you that can help you predict the outcomes based on your on your human doings on your action having other people around you to be accountable to making a meaningful chess move to making a meaningful decision these are all the reasons why again it's your search for meaning but we want to help um we didn't fully get into the difference between meaning making and meaning discovery so let's put a pin in that for our next podcast because that is a worthy podcast unto itself it is not an in it's not like a a play on language mm-hmm. it's fundamental difference in the way you approach whatever it is you're facing if there's meaning in it or there's meaning that you're now responsible for making so i, I want to do justice to that and i don't want to cram it in because I know your buddies are just about done jogging at the 35 <laughs> Well, and, and for his sake and yours as well, be I'm gonna I'm gonna give a prelude to that conversation because it really reminds me of a situation during my studies. B, have you ever seen the movie classic movie Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi in the Blues Brothers? Yes, of course. Of course, right. And so one of the opening scenes, they're meeting with their beloved penguin, the nun that educated them years ago. And I can't remember what Mr. Belushi said. It was probably inappropriate, and not necessary for this podcast, but. Uh, he, he blurts out something and that penguin comes up with the ruler and starts whacking him on the wrist. And that reminds me of the first time in, in my graduate studies saying the phrase, I think I typed the phrase making meaning. And the feedback in that paper was with all of that force of that beloved penguin wrapping me on the wrist prolifically causing long distance bloody knuckles. We do not make meaning. That's all that, all that blues brothers story to come to the point that we do not make meaning it exists in the world and we have to discover it and we're going to dive deeper into that in a future podcast i love it let's tee that well, we did tee that one up let's put a a pin in that one we'll come back to it and for now you can um jump over to the meaningacademy.com to hear about all the great things that are in development with our meaning faculty which is uh, substantial and growing behind the scenes people who are sort of masters in their respective fields or within the field of logotherapy. Um, We are very excited to be launching some of those things. So jump over there. Mm -hmm. And for now we have the meaning mastermind, which as we said is every Thursday and you can jump over there and get the information to jump onto our next meaning mastermind. Absolutely. Hop on the website, uh, the Facebook page right now, you know, email B and I for access to the meeting meetings sometime in the next few weeks after this podcast comes out, it's just going to be open to the general public. I believe on that Facebook page is the best place to grab the link. So you go find our, our initial, the meaning Academy Facebook page, um, ask to become a meaning seeker in there into the private group to join the conversation about this podcast, about meaning masterminds and everything else we're doing. And we'd love to hear from you also about, you know, brainstorming your ideas of what you know, the Meaning Academy could stand for, could bring to the world. We're open. We're going wherever the nuos, wherever the, the spirit takes us. And we welcome your input, your feedback, and your participation in any way, shape, or form. So thank you for tuning in. Absolutely. We also would love to hear uh, your questions or thoughts or ideas or concerns or your struggles that we can help address in the meaning masterminds that's that's the goal of those meetings is to take some issues take some some concerns and and bat them around with experts in the field between b and i and dr elise and 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 other people we're bringing in that is the goal of those masterminds so we hope you'll give us some feedback and ask us some questions
And how about one last bonus question so that we know you stuck around and you get to be part of our sort of the tribe within the tribe. Those, uh, those fair, you know, you're not fair weather fans. You're, you're with us to the very end of the podcast. How about shooting us an email at um, about your favorite sci-fi movie that you want us to geek out on? Hmm. I bet you we can find meaning in any good or bad sci-fi movie because if it follows the hero's journey, we're going to find meaning in that. So we'd love to hear from you. Until the next time, what's our sign-off? <laughs> we, we're going to need an entire meeting just to come up with a sign-off. But until B and I figure that out, take care. <laughs> Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Meaning Academy podcast with your hosts, Dr. Daniel Franz and Dr. Baruch Halevi. If you found meaning in what you've heard, please leave us a five-star review and be sure to share this with fellow meaning seekers. And don't forget to check us out at TheMeaningAcademy.com where you can learn how to join our weekly virtual and complimentary meaning masterminds. Until the next time, get out there and live your purpose and discover your meaning.